Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. All right. Who's excited to hear from the word of God? I love how you guys started getting excited before I said what you should be excited for, so I could have made up something really weird at the end, like, who's excited for underwater basket weaving? Yeah, like, what's going on? Our, our church is just excited. That's what I like about us. Um, but uh, we're, we're really excited. Maybe that's why. We are. Uh, we're really excited because we get to team preach today or team teach, and so we're doing it a little bit different. We don't often do this. It's been a long time since we've, been, since we've got to do this, so we, we're always really excited when we get to do it. So uh, my name is Lauren, and if you didn't know, this is my wife, Veronica. She's pretty awesome, I think. And um, so we're, we've been talking about relationships and in this series called Yoked, and the idea kind of a play on wor- words, which is just building stronger relationships. And the kingdom of God is built on relationships. And uh, whether that be marriage, whether that be dating, whether that just be a friendships, whether it be co-working relationships, even parenting and relationships between family members. We just believe the kingdom of God is built on relationships. And so we wanted to take um, just this time, just this month, really, to go over this series um, on just building strong relationships. And even now, we've already heard these cool testimonies coming out of what God's doing, even some healing of reconciliation between uh, family members and long-term friends. And it's just been really cool. So um, we've been married eight years, coming up on nine years, so uh, that, I don't know what that means. It's, it's something, and uh, it's, it's been awesome. Three kids, and uh, we met uh, the day before Valentine's Day. I don't know what that means either, but it, it is something. Something special. Yeah, something special, we feel, feel like. Anyways, um, the series is going to look like this. Every week, we're talking about a, uh, a duo of characteristics, attributes that help a strong relationship, that build a strong relationship. Last week, it was awesome, service and humility. Today, we're focusing on perseverance and resilience. We'll explain that. Next week, you do not want to miss it. So I'm encouraging you to not even miss a week on this. That's my challenge to you all. Next week is going to be huge, intimacy and trust. And then the last week, um, we're having a good friend of ours, Jared Ellis from E2 Church, come and share about communication and understanding. It's going to be great. Really encourage you to just bring anybody you know. Um, so this, it's going to be a great idea, but a great time. This uh, focus is the main idea of perseverance and resilience. And when we were thinking about this, we were thinking of an example that we've had to uh, persevere and, and even more importantly, persevere for something that was worth it. And I think about um, before we got married, uh, we took a trip. And so, except we didn't take the trip together. She had her last family trip. Uh, which was something I'll let you see. Yes, I conquered the Mall of America. And so while she was conquering. it took us four days, um, but we waited all 520 stores, and it was awesome. So so, uh, line that up with like conquering the Mall of America to me doing a solo backpacking trip to to Yosemite and hike Half Dome. That was kind of a bolt of our personality. I don't know which one is harder, guys. Yes, who knows. But um, I want to share my experience real quick. Maybe you want to add something about yours. But my experience was specifically with perseverance. I don't know if you anybody ever done Half Dome. Yeah, we got a few people. It's pretty cool. It's a- amazing beauty, uh, amazing look at God's creation and just how, uh, how beautiful it is. And you've probably seen pictures, but being there is another thing. And um, the first time I did it, I didn't know what I was doing. I literally had my Jansport backpack from high school. 
and like an eight dollar Walmart sleeping bag. And I was like, I'm gonna do this. I went to the to Walmart, grabbed some other food, and I was like, I'll figure this out on the way. And as I was going up, man, I I'm known to like push my body too far, um, just because like I'm gonna do this. So I was I was going for it. So it's like about five thousand. Um, elevation gain. So that's almost a mile in elevation gain. And I just did it way too fast. So almost probably three quarters of the way up, I just about died. I was literally curled up into a little ball uh, because I felt like I was going to die. I was, I was, felt like I was about to puke. I was like, there's no way I can keep going. But what, what kept me going was the, was the idea on the other side was I do not want to miss out. Maybe partially I get to brag about it, yes, but more so I'm like, I want to see this. I want to see this amazing, beautiful uh, view that God, of God's creation because I, I like, hey, I'm committed to this. I want to pers- persevere. And it was also through relationships. These other guys came alongside and were encouraging me. And I think it's, it's, it's kind of cool to look at this story and see how, man, perseverance makes it worth it. And what I wanted to, to take from this story is that um, yeah, I could have turned around, and yeah, there's a time for that. You don't want to be dumb and push, push your body too far. But in this specific instance, like, I look at this, and I think about this in terms of relationships, that many of us have experienced hardship in relationships, whether that be friendships, marriage, anywhere in between. And many of us are quitting too soon on, on relationships. And we, we quit too soon when it gets hard. We, get too, we quit too hard, and, and we lack the perseverance. We lack the resilience. And what, what the biggest point I want to make is that we're missing God's design. We're missing this amazing blessing that's on the other side of it. We're missing that if we press through, if we get through conflict, if we press in and see the big picture, that I want to encourage us in all relationships that on the other side of perseverance is God's best. If you take away one thing from today, I want you to, to understand this and challenge, challenge you with this, no matter what relationships you have, wherever you're out in life, is that on the other side of perseverance is God's best. And that's related to relationships. And so we want to look at a verse today and really encourage you, encourage you with that verse. Yeah, so uh, if you want to open up your Bibles or if you like to do it on your phone, um, you can find us on the events on the YouVersion app. But uh, we're really going to look at this scripture in Romans chapter 5. And um, it's not specifically about relationships, but we recognize that all the truth in the Bible is applicable to our life. And we can take those truths and apply them to where we're at and apply them and kind of put on that lens of scripture as we look at relationships. So that's what we're going to do as we look at Romans. So here's what it says. Not only so, in verse 3, Not only so, but we also glory in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance, character, and character, hope. And that's our end goal is that we experience hope. So I don't know maybe what you've come in with today. You know, we don't know whether you have awesome relationships or if you have some struggles. And maybe it's not even internal struggles. Maybe Together you're good, but there's some outside struggles that you're facing as a couple, as a friendship. We want to build into that, and we want to encourage you today to persevere. And as that scripture says, to glory in that suffering, to glory in that struggle. So will you pray with me this morning? God, we just thank you for who you are, that you see us, that you see our struggle, you see, God, where we're at in our relationships. And I pray as you speak to us this morning, that you would help shift us, that you would help us 
to recognize um, what you want us to see in our relationships that you have given us, God, that we would view them differently this morning and that you would allow us to change from the inside out. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, as we said, this week we're talking about perseverance and resilience. Now mostly we're going to just talk about perseverance because that's what the scripture um, really pulls out. Um, Some other translations you might look at say uh, endurance. It's that same thing that you're going to stay the course. And so this is how we define perseverance. Is steadfastness in doing something despite difficulty. That's the short version of it. Steadfastness. We had them underline that. In doing something despite difficulty. And I really love that word steadfastness because that's one of the fruit of the Spirit. Is steadfastness, faithfulness. And that's something that sometimes we can't do on our own. I know I kind of look at it like that's kind of a big thing. Like I don't know that I can always persevere, stay steadfast despite something difficult. But we know that God can instill that in us. So perseverance and then that second word, resilience. I really feel like this is key too when we think about relationships. Is that resilience is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulty. Or it's also a toughness within you. Now, I know some couples that have been married a long time, and they're not necessarily married because they're happy. They're not necessarily, you know, on that we've been married this long. At the end of their life, they're not going to be like, well, that was a great life I had, because they're not staying the course because of a hope at the end of the tunnel, right? They're just staying the the course out of stubbornness, right? Like, well, when we got married, so-and-so said we never make it, so I'm going to prove them wrong, right? Well, that's not what perseverance is. That's not what we're going to be talking about this morning. That's not necessarily what resilience is, because resilience is saying, I'm going to recover quickly. This may knock us down, but we're going to recover. We're going to stay the course. We're going to go further because I know what's at the end of it. And that's what we're going to talk about today is what's at the end. Why build into relationships? Why persevere? And really, the Bible encourages us. Now, uh, we did want to clarify that what we're going to talk about, persevering and difficulty, persevering even in that word suffering, that isn't to relationships of abuse. Uh, that's not God's best for you. So you need to get out of that situation. You need to find safety, and you need to report that. But we do want to talk about those relationships that, eh, it's just not quite what I want. Eh, it's just really hard. You don't know what I'm going through. Well, guess what? You can persevere. And that's what we want to encourage you with today. Yeah. And so I was just thinking, as you said that, about resilience, I think, especially with the definition to recover quickly, we're not very good at that. That's what I've noticed. We tend to be hurt really easily and have this uh, easily offended attitude about us that when a friend or a relationship, whether it be dating or marriage, we just take that so personally and we don't recover. And I think the way we recover is through this word forgiveness. And I actually didn't have this in my notes, but I want to encourage us through conflict to, to be the first to forgive. The scripture says to be quick to forgive, slow to anger. And I think that is kind of a, a how to the resilience definition that we have there is be be quick to forgive, be slow to anger, because that only like just deepens the wound is when we when we just let it fester, when we don't forgive and when we don't humble ourselves to the other person and even serve the other person. And this is how they all these attributes from last week of humility and service and what we're going to talk about next week, they all play into each other. But I think that's a really 
practical how on how we, how we recover is to forgive, to forgive quickly. But um, so we want to just look at this verse and kind of take it, take it uh, word by word, rather, as it's only two verses, Romans chapter 3 and Romans, chapter, uh, Romans uh, 5, verses 3 and 4. And we want to just kind of break it down because it's got this cool pattern of what, what turns into what, that, uh, that, glo- that we should first glory in our suffering. And I don't know about you, but I've, I sometimes read Scripture and I breeze over it. I just, oh, that's nice. The glory in our suffering. And it was like, cool, yeah, that's encouraging. But did, did you really think about what it's saying right there? And, and the word glory could also be used as the word boast or to rejoice in suffering. Like, does that make any sense to you? To, if things are bad, then that's great. If things are awful, then you should rejoice. If things are great, then you should brag about it. I picture a bunch of guys just getting around. It's like, hey, I got it pretty bad. You're like, you know what? I got it even worse. So what's up with that? I, I'm bragging who's got it worst. And the re- but, but here's the thing about that. That's not too far off from what the passage is saying, in my opinion. Because what I see in that is that we should actually rejoice. And, but you're not going to rejoice if you just see a, a short vision. If you don't see the big picture, if you don't shift your perspective to see God's design. See, in Philippians chapter 2, Jesus was described as even having joy in suffering and the most difficult of suffering. We think, our man, it's suffering when, when our Wi-Fi is out. It's like, oh man, oh, this is so, so hard. But Scripture says that in Philippians chapter 2, that for the joy set before him, being Jesus, he endured the cross. That doesn't sound very joyful. But when there's the, the bigger perspective that we can have, man, there's suffering, but I have the joy of being a part of God's plan and doing it God's way and fulfilling and seeing the hope, which is at the end of this passage, which is the end of the promise. And when you're fulfilling God's w- will, man, you can go through anything. You can go through suffering. You can go through. So the first thing we want to encourage you is to shift your perspective to see, to see even what this is saying is at the end of it is hope that, that there's glory in suffering because suffering produces this, which produces that. But just starting off by saying, man, I'm going to rejoice because things are hard. In, and specifically in relationships, man, if, if there's, there's tension, we're like, okay, this is good because this is going to make us stronger. So if we do, do relationships right, we will experience God's amazing blessing of a full life. That's, that's the perspective that we have. And the, to add to that, there, you're not going to have a, a right relationship, you know, do relationships right. And you're not going to have a healthy relationship without conflict. That may be another word we can put in for this whole suffering thing because just this conflict, butting heads, it's difficult. We want to turn around. But what that will produce in relationships, whether it be marriage, whether it be friendships or whatever, is what, what comes out of conflict is growth in our lives. And so um, we wanted to kind of look at this like if you value relationships, then it'll make it all worth it. If you value God's process, and so we kind of want to look at like why we should value God's, uh, why we should value relationships. And number one is that we should see that they are God's design. We were created for relationships. We were created first for relationship even with Jesus. We were created for relationship with God. That was the number one reason is around God's creation of man was first to have a creation with the creator. We have a relationship with the creator. And then he saw in in Genesis chapter 2, he looked at Adam. He made Adam and he was alone. And scripture says that God looked at him and said, man, it is not good for him to be alone. So what did he do? He brought along Eve. 
And he said, it's not good for, for man to be alone. Thus, it's good for man to be together. That's God's design for us, is to, is to be together. And when we really see that this is such a, a blueprint of God's design for us, is to, to have relationships. Man, it's, it's worth it. It's worth the hardship. Because, I mean, suffer, relationships will bring out hardship. There's a lot of good from it. But today we're kind of looking at that often we quit too soon because we're not seeing the per- full perspective. That they are God's design. Number two, they strengthen us. Ecclesiastes 4.12, I kind of actually said this uh, a minute ago, is that uh, a man may prevail against one who is alone. Two will withstand him. But a threefold cord is not quickly broken. You see, when you build he- healthy relationships, you'll find that you can overcome any difficulty. Like, you, you know the, the vast difference between going through something really hard and you're alone and going through something really hard and you have a healthy relationship with you. It is the world of difference. You will feel so defeated or you will feel so strong because you have someone saying, hey, I got you. I got your back. I'm with you. I'm for you. You can overcome anything. You're stronger together. So they, they, uh, they strengthen us. Number three is they help us understand God. And this is like another way of saying growth. When we grow in our intimacy, grow in our faith, we understand God better. And I know Veronica has a great um, example of this in her life. Yeah, I am very blessed to have a lifelong friend. Actually, um, her parents and my parents have been best friends since they were teenagers. So they've kind of like built this foundation for us. And we have this legacy of like BFF, right? But... It wasn't just because our parents were friends. Like, it was intentional that we built relationship with each other. And um, growing up, you know, even though I didn't see her all the time, she was my best friend. And eventually we ended up living right next door to each other. It was pretty awesome. And we started driving, and it was like, hey, let's go to Walmart together. You know, we do really cool things and do awesome, fun stuff. Just go to Walmart together, and we just talk while we're walking through Walmart getting, I don't know, our shampoo or whatever we needed to buy as teenagers. Uh, well, when we were driving, so older teenagers. You know, and, like, we've been able to kind of walk life together. And we weren't always in the same situations in life. Like, even now, um, she's living a completely different like every day than I am. I have three kids and am married, and she's single and a dance teacher and like living her dream, you know, single. But still, throughout our life, we've kind of recognized how our paths have been parallel, not necessarily with the circumstances of life, but with what God is speaking to us. And as much as we hang out and chat and go to Walmart and chat and drive around here and chat, one time we took some random trip to Turlock right? We're real exciting people. But it was just because we were together and we were talking. And we weren't just talking about like, oh, did you see so-and-so? And I watched this movie with, like, no, we were talking about like deep stuff that was happening in our life, happening in our families, and ultimately what God was teaching us through that. Like, I have learned so much about God because of what he's done in her life, because of what I've seen him do. And I can say that she's learned that too, because she's told me. And I'm so thankful that now she's here with us. But even in, actually, she's in kids right now. But even through, like, the ups and downs of life, we're able to be there together and really exemplify what Proverbs teaches us, Proverbs 27, 17, that iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And that's really why God made relationships. 
you know, like he talked about, it was for God. It was his design, you know, and because they strike the nest, but because it's our way of understanding God better and understanding what he wants to have with us. We can have that in each other. So, oh, that makes sense. That's how God wants to have a relationship with me. That's how he wants to love me in the way that I can love my friend and in the way that I can love my spouse. Like, that is the deepness that we can have with God. It helps us understand him more. And third, ultimately, relation, or fourth, ultimately relationships are to build a kingdom. It's his design on how we build his kingdom and how we bring him glory. That's why he created them, and that's why they're valuable, because of what they do for our world. Yeah, and I love that because one of my favorite verses in John chapter 13, verse 35, it's, it's talking about our love for one another. And it says, by all this, people will know that you're my disciples, and it's for your love for one another. And simply by the love that we have, the, the true, authentic, meaningful relationships that we have, that, that we surrender, that we serve one another, that we put the needs of others before our own, people are going to look at that. And people are going to look at it, and they're going to see Jesus. Isn't that crazy? See, to me, that is like the biggest commission. That is the simplest way that I can love my spouse. People will see, see Jesus the way I love my wife. That people will see Jesus, that people that do not believe in him, that aren't believers, will see Jesus by the way I love my friend. That is also a believer. And just simply by that, we give God glory, but we also build the kingdom of God that people want what we have when we demonstrate authentic, meaningful relationships and persevere through it all. So that's the big picture. Those four reasons are just kind of a, uh, we need to shift our perspective to see this, to see this, to see the big picture of why, why God created relationships and why it's important just to not quit when there's something so great on the other side of that, because we will build up, and then, man, once it gets tough, we'll break it down, have to start all over with someone else. But ultimately, yeah, maybe, maybe sometimes you do need to do that. We were talking about abuse, obviously. But I believe on the other side of perseverance and relationships, man, God's going God's gonna to bless that in a big way. And then, um, so they're, they're vital to life and world change. And ultimately, when we put, we put uh, Jesus first, when we, when we value other people, God's, like I said, God's just giving glory through that. And, and, and I just wanted to challenge you guys with marriages specifically is what, what would happen if we shifted our perspective and, and really like just, just decided to say, you know what, I'm going to do this God's way. That requires humbling ourselves like we talked about last week. And, and as, as I love my spouse, if, if people saw Jesus through that. Not that we're going to go out of our way to flaunt it or to demonstrate it, to be like out in public and doing it intentionally, but simply by doing it, we know that according, if, if scripture is true, that people are going to see that and see Jesus through that. Yeah, and I think that's really one of the keys there is like, if we shifted our perspective, that's what we would see happen. But that doesn't just happen by accident, right? It's a choice that we make, a choice we make to shift, but ultimately a choice we make to choose each other. I told him this week as we were, actually, I think I tell you that a lot, but like, I choose you. Sometimes I don't feel it, but I choose you. I choose you every day, and we have to choose it every day. We have to choose each other and not choose ourselves. We have to choose maybe the risk of getting hurt. We have to choose each other because of the value we see in relationships. And ultimately, we choose commitment over safety, right? We choose what God has designed 
over maybe what we feel. And so, number one, that first part, as we glory in suffering, we see that as a shift of our perspective. And number two, because suffering produces perseverance, we choose commitment. It's a choice that we make. And like I said, I love that perseverance, that word steadfastness, um, as we see in the definition, that steadfastness. I kind of just see it as this like straight arrow. You guys may not know, but when I was a teenager, as I was also driving to Turlock and to Walmart, I <laughs> uh, did archery in our backyard because we lived in Rialinda and our backyard was huge. She's so, the girl on fire. <laughs> I'm talking about Katniss Everdeen. But no, I really loved it. And so um, there's just something about seeing a point and like letting it go right? And it stays straight. That's what you want your arrow to do. You want it to go straight in the direction. You don't want the wind to sway it. You don't want it. You want to stay straight. And that's really what I see as you choose it. I chose it. I've let it go. It's going. It's not going to move away to the left or right. And that's really what the Bible encourages us in our relationship with Christ, that we're not swayed to the left or right, but we stay focused on that straight and narrow path. Um, but as we look at our relationships and we think about this word commitment, uh, you may notice that our culture is not very committed, right? They're almost the opposite of that. We're going to do everything we can to live out the life that we are without actually signing the paper, right? We're going to uh, just go all for it, but I kind of want to have this cushion just in case things get too much for me, I can have a way out. That's the way we view relationships in the world. That's the way the world views it. But that isn't the way that God wants us to view it. That's not his design. He wants us to choose it, to choose commitment, and to stay that course because of our choice. And, man, people just want, they don't want to feel locked in. But as we think of, we glory in our suffering. Suffering produces perseverance. We recognize that importance of, I've made the commitment no matter what. Those words, no matter what. I'm there. And I think about um, just how suffering produces perseverance. Like, when you stay the course, you have value in it. When you have years of effort, you're less likely to just drop it, right? I also bake. You're getting, really getting to know me today. Uh, I also like to bake oh, fancy-ish cakes. And I remember, usually I just do it for friends or family. And one year, I made a Thomas the Tank Engine cake for my nephew. I think We should have had a picture on it because oh, it's like legendary. So, and it wasn't just like, oh, it's this rectangle and then I drew, you know, Thomas the Tank Engine. No, it's like a model of Thomas the Tank Engine. I found it on Pinterest and all that. But it took me hours to finish that. First, I had to plan what was it going to look like. I looked at way too many pictures of Thomas the Tank Engine, right? How many colors do I need? I have to mix all those colors in fondant, bake the cakes, frost the cakes. Oh, make the frosting, layer them, carve it out. Where's the circle? And then all the tiny, tiny little details of blue and green and yellow and red. Like, there was a lot to this cake. So I spent probably 10 hours 
um, just putting it all together, not even prepping, 10 hours on a cake, and you would be like, I would never do that. But I, it really is my hobby. But I think it was the night before the party, and it was late, and I was still at my mom's house, finishing this cake for my nephew. My kids had gone home. They were sleeping, and I had labored on this. Now, it kind of was suffering, but I had done it to myself, right? But that produced something in me. At the end of that, I could have been like, eh, I don't really feel like putting this face on. Eh, it's good enough, right? Would I have done that? No. Would I have taken that cake that I had spent days and hours on and dumped it in the trash the night before the party? No, because I had gone through and I have come out the other side. I was committed to finish that. And sometimes I think we view life that way. Well, who cares what's happened, right? Who cares all that work I've done in it? No, sometimes that helps us persevere even more, right? I'm not going to let somebody else benefit from what I have put in. That might be a selfish reason. But sometimes that's what happens is we value more what we have put effort in, what we have walked through. We value it more. And so ultimately, commitment is a choice, even if it's not reciprocated. And that's a hard thing for us because we're about transactions. I give this, I receive that, right? If I want this, then I'm going to do that. Sometimes we're really good manipulators. But as Caleb reminded us last week, that's not what biblical relationships should be built on. They should be built on service no matter if it's reciprocated or not. And that's commitment too. We are committed no matter if it's reciprocated. Now, God's design is that it's mutual because that's where trust is built. But it's not always the case. And I just want to encourage you, and I'm going to encourage you at the end, is if you are married and it's hard, even if it's not reciprocated, stay the course. Make that choice of commitment that you made on your wedding day. You may not remember your vows, but that wasn't just between two humans. That was between God. And even if it's not reciprocated by that other person, it's always going to be reciprocated by God. You can stay steadfast because of the covenant that you have made with God and with that other person. And I just want to encourage you, stay the course in that. There's a great example of a committed friendship in the Bible um, in this prince named Jonathan and his armor bearer, the guy that carried his armor. I kind of think of him as like a caddy or uh, like a bodyguard. That's who his armor bearer was. But it was even more than that. It was like they did life together all the time. And there was a particular time where they were at war with uh, the Philistines. Again, it seems like they were always at war. The Israelites were. But um, they went off to try to change the course of this war. And they got stuck in what was kind of like a ravine between two rocky crags, as the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel. And um, they saw Philistine at the top. Jonathan saw it, and he got an idea. And without explaining what his idea was, he turned to his armor bearer, and he was like, hey, let's go up because God just might come through for us. What do you think? And this is his response, and this is what I think our response needs to be in our relationships in 1 Samuel 14, 7. And his armor bearer said to him, 
Do all that is in your heart. Do as you wish. Behold, I am with you, heart and soul. That is commitment. I'm with you, heart and soul. I am not going to leave you. I'm with you to the end. Let's do this together. And so commitment doesn't come by accident. As we said, it's a choice every day. No matter the battles that we face, that we can count on each other, right? That we are resolved to stick together. Um, because we've seen the value of relationships that are built on commitment. That's good. And I think in all relationships, we need to know who's committed to us. We need to know that. And that's kind of like why we have next steps. We have that say, hey, who's committed? We have that paper. We say, hey, I'm committed to our church. So we know who's committed. And in the same way, relationships, we need to know who's committed to us. So in marriages and friendships, you may say like, oh, that person knows. I want to encourage you to verbalize it. I want to encourage you, if you have a close friend, if you have a, a, your spouse, for sure, you need to let them know. You don't have to say, hey, I'm with you, heart and soul. I might be like, what does that mean? <laughs> but, hey, you may say that, and you just, but you may do your own version of, hey, I just want to let you know I'm proud of you. I'm for you. I'm with you. You know, I, I believe in you. And we're going to talk about dreaming together in a second. That kind of goes with it. But just knowing that who's in your corner, who's, who's got your back, I believe is so crucial. And that's committed to it, not just based on circumstances like we were saying, but commitment, not based on circumstances, based on the love you have for that person. Choosing commitment is what, what brings about perseverance. And then as we, the scripture goes on, it says perseverance produces what? It produces character. And so what I want to challenge you with looking at that part of the verse is to look inward to develop yourself, to let perseverance produce in you character, to produce in you a deeper faith, to produce in you growth where you're not the same person you were a week ago, that you're not the same person you were a month or a year ago, that you are growing in your character. And what that takes is looking inward, is that you can only, and understanding this, is you can only control you. See, that's a big problem with relationships is you want to control the other person. You want to say, this person needs to fix these things in their life. And, and what we say is you need to be the person that you're, who you're looking for is looking for, specifically for dating. You're saying, man, I want someone like this. I need to change this. But, but you need to understand you can't control people. You can only control you. And that's on a good day. You need to control and, and look inward and say, I'm going to be the person I want to marry. I'm going to be the person I want to, be a, to have as a close friend. I'm going to be that person that I'm looking for. And, and so what we see with that is just, just understanding that, um, that number one, we're going, to, we're going to let Jesus heal us. See, with relationships, the number one issue that like kind of comes up, you find this in, in premarital counseling all the time, that, that issues come up is a result of, marriage and just a closer relationship magnifying the problems you already have. See, often we think like, oh, I'm going to get married and solve all my problems. Well, anybody married knows that that is not the case. It's, it's, re it's really the opposite because once you come closer, if, if you're doing marriage right, you're becoming more and more intimate with each other, which means that you're becoming more and more vulnerable with, with each other, which means you know more and more about the other person, which means you know that they're messed up because we all are. And so the re that's, that's the essence of marriage, really, and, even, and also friendships as well. So that you lower your, your water line, we used to say, and become vul vulnerable and become, like, transparent with each other. And what that, what that'll happen, how that'll come about is just realizing you're flawed and realizing the ways you need to improve your character, and the ways you need to let God heal you. 
And so I think relationships are so important for us to grow, like we just said, we referred to at the beginning. But also it's the challenge. There comes a point when, we, when, when you're in a relationship with somebody and it becomes more and more apparent that you got issues because, hey, it's easier to kind of keep them to yourself. But the more and more you, you do relationships right, the more and more your stuff is going to come out. And don't think that's bad. That's great. That's, that's God's way of iron sharpening iron. And what you need to do in order to make the sharpening work, you need to be open to letting God heal those areas because a lot of us have hurt. So look inward. Let God heal you and don't hold that bitterness because otherwise you're not, you're not, you're, that's, that's another way of turning around and going back down the hill and saying, no, it's not worth it. But it is worth it for you to grow, for the other person to, to grow, and for God to get glory. So look inward is the third thing we're talking about. Definitely. And I really just feel that, um, you know, sometimes our own stuff can cause us to kind of isolate ourselves, right? Even in a close relationship, we can isolate ourselves, which is why next week's going to be so powerful. But I just want to encourage our marriages that if you've drifted apart, just take a step. It may seem unsurmountable, but take a step. Find the small thing and take that step towards each other. And really, the best way that you can reconnect is by dreaming together. I mean, I know in the 11 years that we have known each other, we're not the same people that we were 11 years ago, right? But we've grown together. But even if that's not you, you can start today. You can start today by saying, this is what I dream. This is what I want to do. And reconnect in that way. And that's what our fourth... um, point is, is that as suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance character, character produces hope. It produces that hope within us that says, it's going to be worth it. And that's really what I hope you take today is that it is worth it. It is worth persevering. That on the other side of perseverance is God's best. And I'm going to hope for that with all that I am. And we're going to dream big for our lives. We're going to dream big for our relationships. So what do you hope for the relationship? What do you want it to look like? Be that, like look inward and then share that outward. Share that outward what's been going on inside of you. Um, I really love my parents' example. My mom is here today. Um, My dad is in Korea somewhere um, because he's been traveling all over doing ministry. Um, but I'm privileged to have my mom here. They will be married 39 years next month. And yes, you can give it up for that. And they have really exemplified this last point. Actually, they've exemplified perseverance and resilience very well, but also specifically this last point about dreaming together. Um, I think that's probably one of the greatest things that I've gleaned from their relationship is that they're always planning something fun. That's kind of our family mottos growing up were work hard, play hard, and enjoy the journey. So, like, that lets you know, like, this is a perspective that they have on relationship, that they really have on life, that what they want for life, they are building it. They're not just expecting it to come. They're not brought down by all the crazy stuff that has happened um, in their life together, but they're staying that course in perseverance because of the dream that is in them, because of the life that they want, the hope that they have, that they know God has for them. Staying that course and dreaming together, like 
that's probably why we've gone to Disneyland so much, because that's, they call it a brain break, that they just, this is what we like to do, go to Disneyland and go to the beach, and it's just their short dream that they have, and then they have bigger dreams. Most of those are vacations, but even I think for just their life and their ministry life, like, they have big dreams that they're persevering towards, even in difficulty, and I just thank you for exemplifying that, Mom, and Dad, he'll probably watch it later. Um, but we see that also exemplified in that relationship about uh, Jonathan and his armor bearer. That verse before, this is what Jonathan had said to him. He said to the young man in 1 Samuel 14, 6, who carried his armor, come, let us go over to the garrison of the uncircumcised, of the ungodly. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. See, Jonathan was like, hey, I bet you we could do this. Look at what's there. It seems insurmountable because no one else in our camp has uh, weapons. Just the king and Jonathan had weapons. Nobody else did. It kind of didn't seem like they were going to win this war. But Jonathan had a dream, and he knew who his God was. And he shared that dream, and that we all know what his armor bearer's response was. Let's do it. I'm with you, heart and soul. That's what happens when we dream together. We see that God has something greater. We are instilled with hope. That's what happened in that situation. Um, So I just want to ask you, like, what are your relationship goals? When you look um, on around you, relationships that uh, that are exemplified to you, like, what do you want out of a relationship? What do you want out of a friendship? What do you want with your coworkers? What do you want with your boss? What kind of relationship do you want to have with your kids? Dream over those relationships because God is instilling hope in you as you persevere through them, as you take hold of what he has for your life. And um, dream over that future, whether it be small things or whether it be big things. I think that's really what I've been doing in this season as I've been just been kind of like there's a lot of options out there. What do I want to do? What do I want my life to look like? And I can base those decisions based on that dream of what I want my life to be. And ultimately what I feel like God wants for my life. And so um, that's an aspect of it is dreaming over your relationship. But also um, we just felt the importance of dreaming and sharing your dream with others that may not be a relationship dream. Like how awesome is it? that we can have relationship with each other and build each other up, right? That's one of our value. That's why we value relationship because of what it brings. And how awesome is it that if our spouse shares a dream that they have for their work, for they have for a career choice, that they have for family, that the other can say, I love it. Let's do it. I'm with you heart and soul, right? That's what I want to say. Whatever crazy thing (laughs) he comes up with for us to do, I mean, that's what my response, I want it to be. I'm with you, heart and soul. And how great is it that we can share in each other's dreams? And so maybe you have a dream in your life and you've kept it inside. Don't let the enemy stifle that anymore. Share that dream with those around you. Bring people around you who are going to build you to be the person that you need to be to fulfill that dream in your life. And I mean, that's what we've been able to do with each other, some things that God's just kind of deposited um, and we've been able to say, like, I see that. You could do that. I believe in you. 
and how great that is for us. So dream over your relationships. Yeah, that's good. And um, man, this is so much good stuff. So I, I pray that it really sticks with you. I know I see a lot of you taking notes because this is kind of a lot just just from this one verse. But I just we just kind of want to bring it into to really practical, even evaluation of where you feel you're at with all these things like dreaming together. Man, that's awesome. Maybe you don't have that. Maybe you need it. But the biggest thing I want to remind you all is just to just to see that it's worth it, to see God's design, to see that it is so worth it, that, man, you may feel like in the midst of suffering, you feel like, man, I'm, I'm being betrayed right now. I've, I've been hurt, and, and there's, there's conflict in, your, in some of your relationships. I want to encourage you that God's best is on the other side of that perseverance, that, that some of us, man, as I was hiking half to him, I remember the why. I want to encourage you today to remember the why, that, that God created us for relationships, that we're stronger, that we understand God better, that we build a kingdom and we give God glory when we do this. See, really, I believe that Christians should have the healthiest relationships because we have the greatest example of love for us. We need to have the best relationships and that people are going to see Jesus through that. So let's be that example to a broken and divided world that, that there's so much unity in the church because we have such strong relationships, that we have people building up, that we are so quick to forgive, that we're able to dream over each other. I want to encourage us, and I, and I want to dream over just this church and over this community right now, that, that I, I already see it happening with our community groups that are just, that are growing, but growing together, that are growing in stronger relationships. But I want to just dream even bigger that people will just see this and just know, just, just be looking at the love that we have for one another. That they're going to say, I want that. I want, I want what this is all about. I don't even know what, what they're a part of. I didn't even know if it's church. I just want that. I just want that because I see the love. Because John 13 says, and then he wouldn't put it in scripture if it wasn't true. And they see the love that we have for each other and want that. So, so we wanted to encourage you that, that through every relationship, whether it be your spouse, whether it be other friends, whether it be your, your, with your kids, that, that you would love, that you would serve one another and have the right perspective in it all. Yeah, and as we're getting ready to pray here, um, man, I've just felt all week, and even as Jeff was praying earlier, that like I just felt this hardness and this weight. Mm. And I feel like there's someone in here that has been carrying a weight. Mm. And that weight is so strong that you're just ready to quit. And I just want to say, don't quit. Mm. Persevere. Stay the course. Because God has something great for you. It's so going to be worth it. Yeah. Don't quit. And also we recognize that the greatest relationship we can have is with Jesus. And sometimes it's hard to persevere in that relationship. Yeah. But stay the course. Because God has something for you. He's not a God who is far. He's a God who's near. He's near. And you just reach out. Persevere through that. Look inward. Change that perspective. And make that step towards Jesus today. That's good. Would you, would you bow your heads in prayer? today. Lord, we just thank you for speaking to us, and we just pray that that, that word uh, would resonate with us, that we would take it and it would do its work in us. And right now, with every head bowed, and you're just saying, man, I need to, st specifically on that looking inward and letting God heal you, you just say, you know, I got some bitterness. I have some things in my heart that I'm carrying, and I need to let God heal it. It's there. I know it's there. Probably my close 
friends or family know it's there, and you just need need God to heal it. I just want to know who I'm praying for real quick. You say, yeah, would you pray for me? On the count of three, just put it up. One, two, three, just put it up. Say, yeah, I need, I need God to heal some stuff in my life. Thank you so much. Hands going up all over. You could put it back down. Um, and some of you specifically, maybe it's just that one person as well. If some of us have, we're talking about this love and this relationship we're supposed to have for one another, but we can't give that love if we haven't received it. And that love that we receive, God's design is that we receive it first from him and we're able to give that to other people. And right now you need to receive his unconditional love because you can't give something that you don't have. And his love is truly unconditional. And when we have that, we're able to give it to others. And so you're saying, man, I need his love. I need his forgiveness. That is not based on anything of what I've done, but just simply that, that he sees me. And you want a, a relationship with Jesus here today. This is what church is all about. Every Sunday we give this opportunity. So with every head bowed, you're saying, yeah, I need prayer. I need to experience his love. I need a relationship with Jesus. I feel distant from him. And I just want prayer for that. With no one looking around on the count of three, would you just raise your hand so I can know who I'm praying for? One, two, three. Just put it up nice and proud so I can pray. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Anyone else? You can put it down. Thank you so much. Would you stand to your, uh, to your feet um, across this place, church? Um, I just want to, uh, to lead us in a prayer and then just kind of go into this last song. So would you repeat after me? And you're not saying this to me. You're saying this to Jesus and letting, letting God do that's work. So, so let's say this out loud. Say, Jesus, I need you. I recognize that I need you. Come into my life and heal me. I give you my sin and ask for your forgiveness. Make me new and give me strength to live for you and to show that love to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We just sing this out. We're going to just sing it one more time and just allow allowing God to work in your heart. Maybe even sometimes we say, why do we raise our hands? It's an act of surrender. So that's, that's what that's all about. I want to remind us of that. Let's sing this out. We hope this word encouraged you today. If you haven't heard, we recently purchased a building in Old Sacramento. This is going to be the permanent home of Project Church. We are here to stay in Sacramento. But I wanted to ask you if you would consider giving, uh, donating to help make this vision come to fruition. You can go to www.projectchurch.com backslash believe to see more about the building and to donate. God bless you and let's see what God can do through us.